0: My name is Cheryl Corley. I'm a correspondent for National Public Radio, and I am, uh, have celebrated my 25th birthday a couple of times. Not the third time yet. I'm working on that. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to 25 for 25. This is a show where I interview 25 people about what their lives were like when they were 25. I'm your host and resident 25-year-old Panina Beattie. Uh, we have returned after a long hiatus uh, that was filled with quarantines and finals and missed graduations, rescheduled graduations. It's been an interesting Uh, Year to be 25, Uh, that's all I'll say. But uh, I'm really excited to share with you uh, our interview, my interview with Cheryl Corley, who is a national correspondent for NPR. Cheryl and I talked about the importance of not getting too anxious about the future. In fact, after we finished our recording, she noted to me, you're a pretty anxious person, aren't you? And uh, I nodded my head in agreement. Uh, But we talked about finding the right mentors, and not being afraid to reach out. Here's Cheryl Corley on 25. So what did you do for your 25th birthday?
0: You know, my big celebration came for my 29th birthday. Um, I had a big, roaring 20s party because I had gone through my 20s or Mm -hmm. was ending my 20s. For my 25th, um, age, although I didn't tell you my age, has never been a big concern of mine because I never really felt that much different until I became much older. Mm -hmm. So for 25, I probably just Mm -hmm. partied. (laughs) (laughs) What did partying look like around Um, that? You know, you go out to a club. I was working in Peoria, Illinois when I was 25. I was working at, um, I was Uh, I always had two jobs until I moved back to Chicago. And I was, uh, at 25, I had to print out my resume to figure Mm -hmm. it all out. Um, I was a reporter. Um, I had been a classical music host and a jazz host. But mostly a reporter about to become a news director at the public radio station in Peoria. And at the same time, I was a uh, director and a producer at the uh, NBC television affiliate in Peoria. Oh, Illinois. wow.
1: So, so you were very busy. I was busy. And, and you blew off steam. You were partying also. <laughs> well, yes. Work and hard, be- and
0: because I worked so many hours, you know, I would imagine this is still true of most 25-year-olds. I mean, I didn't go out until midnight you know <laughs> i feel like most 25 year olds
1: today that's not true most most 25 year olds i'm friends with yes. um are asleep
0: by 11 uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh well and then i well i didn't get off work until like 10:30 or yeah, 11 yeah
1: yeah no that's definitely true we do we still work late uh, mm-hmm. depending this mm-hmm. is all you know yeah. a gross overgeneralization <laughs> but uh, to generalize me and my friends yeah. we Pride ourselves
0: in going to bed by eleven. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. No, we we didn't. We there was a one four o'clock club in Peoria at the time. Okay, and uh, as in it was open until four. Yeah, right? it was yeah. open until four. So that was our place. That's all you need. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you like see all the same people there? Like there
0: were regulars. Or? You know, um, I think it changed, but you know, I had my own set of friends. Yeah. So. You know, I would see those folks.
1: And you were from you're from Chicago. Originally? I'm from
0: Chicago. Okay.
1: And yeah. so, and Peoria is not a huge town. No, it's
0: about well. At the time, it was the second largest city in Illinois. Okay. Um, its population probably is over a hundred thousand. Okay. So it's about a hundred twenty thousand. So you know, if you're from Chicago, that's a small town. Really great size suburb. You know, yeah. it's kind of like I'm not sure what Naperville is now, but. It's still, you know, Mm. it's a sizable still. If you think about cities throughout the U.S., 100,000 is a good, good, you know, medium-sized city. Mm -hmm.
1: Great. Um, So you were in Peoria. I was in Peoria. And did you feel like because you grew up in a city, I mean, personally, I grew up in a small town. And so I have found that a lot of my peers after college have moved to a big city. Mm -hmm. And like it's just kind of assumed for some reason that we would, you would go to a big, big city, which yeah. is kind of funny to me, yeah. um, but, but you didn't. You moved from the big city kind of for a few
0: years Well, yeah, I mean, I grew up, um, I was born in Chicago, and um, you know, my uh, early kind of formative years until I was about six or seven were in the city, but I grew up in a south suburb. Mm-hmm. Um, went to a huge high school, um, which was the same size as my college, <laughs> Which was um, Bradley University down in Peoria. But oh, okay, so you were
1: there for college. Too. I was there
0: for college, and I stayed there after college oh, okay. and worked. That's nice. So that's how I ended up in Peoria for several years before I came back to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that you know people um, people from smaller places. You either love small or you can't wait to leave. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and I think that. Um, this holds true for people from cities, too. Mm-hmm. You either can't wait to get back home or you're like, oh, my God, you know, yeah. I got to go someplace more.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so you now, currently, mm-hmm. you're right now a reporter and you focus on criminal justice yeah. the system. And... Were you focusing on that at the time, at 25, when you were working in Peoria? Oh, not at
0: all. And I've just really started focusing on that Oh, really? Uh, recently here. Um, no. In, in uh when I was at 25 and in Peoria, I was covering local news. Um, right. And the local news of Peoria, which was a really good training ground because, um, you know, fairly good-sized city and you were able, because it's a small place, to... Um, uh, really do a lot of the work that you wouldn't get to do in a larger place
1: yeah what kinds of
0: stories uh, uh, well I covered uh, county government covered city hall covered you know uh, Peoria is based on a river so uh, was located on a river so I covered all the flooding news and <laughs> you know That's so real good training for all the the you know through, going throughout the country covering mm-hmm. floods and yeah. stuff like that. Um, But you do you learn you learn a lot of stuff in a smaller town. I, I remember when I came to Chicago, and um, at that time, people weren't really paying that much attention to Cook County government—not mm-hmm. reporters, but um, um, people weren't paying that much attention to county government. I was pretty amazed because I had covered county government down in Peoria mm-hmm. about uh, how uh, little attention was paid. I mean, Chicago sucked up all the air. You know, people covered Chicago City Council, and when I came here, there was uh, council wars going on, so it was a big brew ha ha for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you, like I said, you learned a lot in smaller yeah. places.
1: And when did you? So when did you come to Chicago?
0: In the 80s, I came. I'm looking at my resume. <laughs> Let's see here. You came so prepared. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I came. Um, well, I came to Chicago. Um, like in 1984, 85, something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Yeah.
1: hmm Um, can you tell me how old you were? <laughs> I
0: know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had just celebrated my 29th birthday. Okay. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So after I, after I had a big celebration, I mm-hmm. moved to Chicago. Nice. Okay,
1: so at 25, in terms of, you know, this is kind of an age where, you are expected to more and more learn the ins and outs of the um, the smaller things that you wouldn't realize you need to know in adulthood, kind of. So, like, uh, um, finances, for example, what was your relationship to money?
0: Well, I was on my own, you know, so I, ha- I had to know how to operate. I mean, I was paying rent, I had my own place, mm-hmm. um, you know figured that stuff out quick. Well, you know, and your parents, my mom told me, you know, there's two things in life when it comes to money you want to make sure you do. That is pay your rent and buy your food Mm -hmm. because nobody else is going to do that for you. Yeah. And so I always, you know, kept that in mind as a Mm 25-year-old that uh, that's what I was going to do. And, um, yeah, pick that up and, Mm -hmm. you know, balance checkbooks and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. People don't use checkbooks anymore these no, days. No, so. don't. <laughs> <laughs> but balancing, you know, your your uh, account—that was something that I really paid attention to. Yeah, I prided myself on knowing those kinds of things. Oh wow! Okay. You know, um, you know, yeah. I bought my where I worked at um, the NBC affiliate when I was, uh, you know, it started when I was like 22 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was located uh, not in Peoria but in East Peoria. It's a small town, no public transportation. Mm-hmm. You know, so I had to buy a car. Mm-hmm. You know, and what at, kind of car was at it? At that age, it was uh, it was an older model Falcon called the Brown Bomber. <laughs> wow, what a name! And I bought it for two hundred and fifty dollars. It lasted a long time. I gave it to my little sister when I went on to buy another car. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, because it was an older car, you know, and as the guy who sold it to me said, you know, it's got a good battery.
1: And I, <laughs> I, said,
0: I said, okay, thank you. But I, But I also had to make sure that I knew how to fix things if anything happened. Mm-hmm. So... I knew how to change a tire. Yeah. I knew how to change my oil, you know, um, you know that kind of stuff. And so when you were in that
1: job, in that position, doing local news, uh, both for the radio and the TV station, mm-hmm. um, did you have any idea, like, what kinds of things you wanted to focus on, what kind of things you wanted to do in your future?
0: I was not uh, a planner, I would say. You know um a lot of things came my way, mm-hmm. and um I sort of took advantage of that. I think that as twenty five year olds and i've I've seen twenty five year olds of today who I think are much more uh proactive about um seeking out mentors and and that sort of thing and... um um, I wish I had probably done a lot more of that when I was younger. I was kind of like, oh, okay, I'll <laughs> I'll do this. And, you know, so I wasn't much of, okay, here's my road and this is what I'm going to do, yeah. you know, that sort of thing.
1: Well, it seems like you were in such a – you were already in a great position pro- professionally. Like I'm, I guess so, yeah. I'm thinking about what you were doing and I'm like – that is incredibly impressive. Getting a job. I mean, I don't know what it was like, what the job market was like when you were mm-hmm. when you were looking for that. But like 22, working at a TV station, getting a job like that as a reporter right away. I'm like,
0: well, at the TV station, I was doing production, oh, so okay. I was uh, uh, a television director. You know, mm-hmm. camera here, take one, take two, okay, that kind oh, of wow, stuff. Oh wow. Okay,
1: so you were doing technical I'm, and yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, at the radio station, I was doing. News, mm-hmm. uh, you know, covering news. So that was kind of fun because when I was directing the news at the television station, you know how they put up names and you know the supers, and I could tell people if they had stuff wrong or mm-hmm. whatever because I had been covering it myself earlier oh, in the day. Yeah, <laughs> nice. that was kind of fun.
1: They must have appreciated that, well, or not, or not, <laughs> or resented it. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> like get back to
1: directing, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Were you were you a little bit? Um, oh God! People say precocious, and people call me, people call me precocious really? sometimes. Mm-hmm. And my mom is like, "No, that's a compliment." I'm like, "They don't say it as a compliment." <laughs> I don't perceive
0: it as a precocious. Compliment. I think you, that's for you know you say that about little kids, right? They've They're... said
1: it to me since I was a young babe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> I'm still a little kid, so. <laughs> Well, if a person's 75 talking to you, then then yes.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm totally fine with that, honestly. I've said before, I, I, I'm still in school. I took yeah. some time off before college, and so I go to school with 20, 21-year-olds. Okay. And it doesn't really come up. I, I don't really, like, measure age differences so, you know, acutely. But sometimes that, some of them will find out how old I am, and they're like, you're so old. And <laughs> it is
0: Hilarious!
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm like,
0: yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I never. Um, uh, when I was, I was probably a very odd child, but I remember that uh, I don't know if it was second or third grade or whatever, but um, we learned about trees, right? And and tree rings and how rings showed how old uh, a tree was. And I went, gosh, you know, I said, we are. Really young. <laughs> so after that, I never thought 70 or 75 or 80 was old. It was like, you know, yeah. <laughs> no way.
1: Dude, so you had like an, a little bit of an existential realization. In, <laughs> yes, like, at a very young age. Third yeah. Grade. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so was there anything in particular that gave you like a lot of anxiety?
0: No, not really. Um, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think that when, well, when I moved to Chicago... I did not have a job. Um, oh, wow. So I was one of those people who moved for love, right? Okay. But um, so I didn't have a job. In fact, I had just gotten a new job in Peoria when mm-hmm. I left. And the guy who hired me was like, he was a friend of mine, too. So he was like, Cheryl, really? You're going to leave now? Mm-hmm. He just hired you. I was going to be an assignment editor mm-hmm. at the television station. Mm-hmm. Um, So I left and came to Chicago, um, but I had um, determined um, the three places that I would work. And um, those were the only three places I applied for um, and eventually got hired. You know, I I think it took me about four months or so before I actually landed a job. But, um, yeah, um, look, I had family Mm -hmm, in chicago which was helpful yeah and um my mom was a teacher um i had a sister in the um system and i did have my certificate to substitute teach if it came to that Mm -hmm. um and i mean it's an honorable profession a good profession and all of that i mean my mom did it for years and um you know um i love it when i talk to people who um, knew her because mm. they um, think of her as their, you know, favorite teacher and all of that. Yeah. So anyway, I um, had that to, uh, if I got really stuck, you know, mm. Yeah. <laughs> I could uh, do that. But no, I determined three places I want to work. This is where okay. I'm going to apply. Okay. What were the three? Um, well, there were actually four... Um, One was television, um, but I found out quickly that coming from the market that I was in in Peoria, which was way down in the numbers, to uh, a third place, place and not knowing anyone, that it was going to be very difficult. Um, I was going to have to kill somebody, and you know. (laughs) I've I've heard murder really helps your career. Yes, not good for the resume. Resume, no. (laughs) But the three places, uh, radio places, were uh, WGN, uh, WBBM, and uh, WBEZ. And And
1: BEZ was the only NPR affiliated, or they were all...
0: Uh, BEZ was, no. Um, BBM, which is still today, is a news radio station, all news, Mm -hmm. uh, WGN... Is a big powerhouse radio station. In fact, you could I could hear both of them when I was in Peoria. Those both okay. of them are AM stations, um, but it had a strong news department. Um, it's news talk, and uh, so those were the places. And then, BEZ. Um, was public and also affiliated, licensed at that time by the Chicago Board of Education. So, okay. you know, so that kind of teacher angle and, you know, you could get in through it that way as well. Okay. You mentioned that
1: you moved for love. Mm-hmm. What was your—and that was at 29, right? Yeah, yeah. So what was your relationship? Were you still with
0: them at 25 or what were no, you kind I had, of doing well, there? No, I had— yeah, I guess I was with them at twenty five. Yeah. Are you still together? No. Or, mm-hmm. No. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: And so, in terms of that, knowing what you know now, mm-hmm. um, do you think that was a good
0: move? Yeah. Um, yes, because it got me to Chicago,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um, wrong person, right city, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I could have probably. Uh, stayed in Peoria and done really well. In fact, I know I would have done really well, but um, um, my pay would have been substantially less. um, And just the things I would have been doing would have been uh, a lot different, Mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, I think I I ended up in the right location um, and probably could have moved to, to other cities as well, but, you know. Yeah, it was a good move.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Uh, look, your resume is kind of uh, on the side there for yeah. reference. It's pretty, pretty impressive. Um, so, what happened after you were at BEZ?
0: You went to you're now you're. At... Well, I was at BEZ for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there for. Uh, this is all just a ploy to figure out my age, right? So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. When I went, I was at BEZ for. Um, uh, a little over a decade. I was there for 11 years. Okay. And um, came, like I said, I was a city hall reporter, ended up being the assistant news director, and then the news director mm-hmm. for a while. And then, um, you know, I had um, filed, like, news spots for NPR, but um, I must have filed a few stories as well, and th- then just got a phone call one day, and... Um, the head of the Midwest desk at the time said, you know, do you want to come and work for us for uh, a year? And uh, then I was like, uh, <laughs> okay. And uh, told my boss at WBEZ, who immediately put up my bot, my job for, uh, <laughs> for hire. And I was like, oh, so it's like, that is it.
1: What do you think of when you talk to or see a
0: 25-year-old? It really depends on the person, you know. Um, You know, I don't clump anybody because of their age. You know, you'll see some 25-year-olds who are very um, forward-thinking or curious or... um, uh, I don't want to say persistent, mm-hmm. you know, about, you know, things that they want to do. Or or like I was mentioning before, people who seek out mentors or, you know, say, I want to be involved. Can I shadow you? Can I do mm-hmm. this? Can I do that? I see a lot of that from um, some 25-year-olds. And then I see 25-year-olds who are clueless, you know, <laughs> who... Not only have no idea what they want to do, but just aren't very inspired by life, I would say, Mm -hmm. you know. And um, a lot of that, I think, is, you know, either because of education systems or just not being around folks who, you know, are excited about life Mm -hmm. possibilities, the environment they grew up in, all of that, you know. And maybe I'm just around kids who are uh, energetic, opinionated, creative, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And maybe because I'm not in a school system, I don't see a lot of um, kids who aren't that way, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, And I guess I've been lucky enough. I mean, because you always hear, especially older people, oh, these kids, blah, 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 blah. And uh, I've been lucky enough, I think, to be around young people who are um, not like that, you know. And um, I used to uh, run this group called the uh, Young Critics, um, where um, journalists like me worked with uh, high school students um, to teach them how to write. Uh, criticism theater criticism we worked with the Goodman theater and you know I've kept in touch with a lot of those young people um, who some of them are yeah the first group is like 27 28 now and um you know we saw some pretty whiz kids so you know and some who weren't but who progressed through our system um so yeah I'm I'm always encouraged by young people.
1: So a lot of times people always ask like, what would you say to
0: a younger version of yourself? (laughs) (laughs) I would say, um, be aggressive about seeking mentors Mm. and don't be afraid to ask them if you can, uh, if they can help you learn. I think um a lot of young people I think are intimidated um and and sometimes <laughs> rightly so <laughs> but I think if people I think uh I think a lot of people if they're asked will um say sure you mm-hmm. know and if they say no I think the other thing that I would tell my younger self or anybody younger is don't take a no personally mm. just move on
1: right Probably in general, not just with mentors. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So, on the flip side of that, mm-hmm. what would what do you think twenty five year old Cheryl would say to present day Cheryl,
0: or think of? <laughs> you go, girl, ma'am. <laughs> um, yeah, she would say. <laughs> Well, you know, you really, you know, you really wanted to do some of that other stuff, which I do on the side. So why aren't you doing more of that? She would say that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's such a 25 year old thing to say, though, of like not getting. Because I remember when I was like 20, probably, and my brother was 23 or 24 and he was like, I don't know. He wasn't doing necessarily the thing that I would expect of him or that like the what is what is you're supposed to do. And I was like very judgmental of that. Hmm. And then I got to that age and I was like, oh, I get it. And I have a younger cousin who has the same reaction to me, who who sometimes is a little bit judgmental Hmm. of my like path in life. And I'm not insulted by that at all. I mean, it's a little annoying, but I'm like. You'll get. To three years from now, and you'll realize, like, that the choices that you're making are not what you necessarily had planned for.
0: Oh, well, you always have a lot of hubris as you're younger. Right, that's, you know. that's what I mean. So, you know, I—you take everything with a grain of salt, you know? Yeah. Um. Uh. You know, so, I mean, all I have to do is ask a 25-year-old now, you know, what— What do they think about me if I wanted to, you know? I'm pretty impressed. Say that, so, (laughs) so I'm I'm not worried in that sense. I mean, people take different paths, and their lives change. Life, Um, you know, you never know what's going to get thrown at you, and it's um, it can change your path. Yeah, you know, and I just think people have to be open to change, Mm -hmm. and just realize that change will come. And I think that. You know, as a 25-year-old, that that's what you have to realize, that, you know, the, these are some of the things that I think I want to do or want to do, but I also know that change will come, and I have to be okay with change. I mean, change is life.
1: What kind of music
0: were you listening to? Oh, at 25? Mm-hmm. Oh, I listened to everything, and that was probably because um, I had been a jazz, uh, a DJ mm-hmm. and a classical host. Um, so as the DJ, I was playing mostly jazz or what I consider a 25-year-old considered jazz. I could—my <laughs> fa- father would roll his eyeballs. <laughs> he was really jazz like a... jazz head. Um, yeah. Oh, I play people who are uh, considered, you know, jazz artists, Quincy Jones— mm-hmm. um, uh, who else did I play? Uh, I just played every every the, the standards as well. Mm-hmm.
1: But And so he judged you because it was more mainstream kind of? Yeah, or? it was
0: the 70s, 80s jazz mm-hmm. as opposed okay. to, you know, the jazz he grew up right. with. You right. know, I wasn't playing like, well, I would play Duke Ellington, but, mm-hmm. you know, that's what he grew up with, you mm-hmm. know, and Count Basie and, you know, all of that. And I was like...
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the the that's so interesting cuz it's still the same genre but even then, I mean like I I listen to rap and hip-hop music, mm-hmm. but my parents are like I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I'm like, "Well, you like poetry. This is just poetry with more meter." <laughs> they just totally don't get it. Yeah, yeah. I I can understand I can understand
0: both perspectives. Yeah, there. no, I
1: don't I and I think it's because they just they didn't grow
0: up listening to that. Right. And right. so it wasn't. As, yeah, people always think what they grew up with is the best, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or you know, they might allow a few things from the current day mm-hmm. to filter in, but you always love what you grew up with, I think.
1: Granted, I do agree probably that the music that was like top 40s when my parents were my age was better than what it is now. Yeah. Like the like Lyrics. Just more complex. Yeah. Lyrics, music. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Well, this is just like we want a, a hit and you want to be able to memorize the song in one listen.
0: <laughs> well, I must say, too, that uh, back in the day, there were also, you know, oh, it has a good beat and it's easy to dance to. Yeah. You know, so that that was there, too. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I will agree that, you know, from what I hear on the radio anyway, that uh, what was played several years ago sounds better to me. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cheryl Crowley, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to 25 for 25. Our theme music was written and performed by Tom McCauley and Brandon Stradling with help from Little Machine. Our logo was designed by Woozy Kurtz. I'm your host, Nina Beattie.